0: You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Good afternoon, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins. With me is Mike Chappell. And this is uh, a rundown, a recap of the Colts' loss to the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to go through that game. We're going to discuss takeaways, uh, injuries that were sustained. And we're also going to have a conversation about If the Colts issues are correctable, you know, they've played eight games thus far. And it's time we kind of reevaluate this team for the second half of the season. Mike, how are you doing today?
1: Pretty good. How are you doing?
0: Hey, you know, other than the Colts loss, I can't complain. It's another day in the 70s here in Indianapolis. So that'll put a smile on your face in November. But um, getting to the news here, ESPN's Adam Schefter reported today that the Colts week 11 game against the green Bay Packers has been moved to 4 25 PM Eastern time. The game was originally scheduled for 1 PM. So if you're planning to go the game or just, you know, had plans for the game, just means you get a few more hours to drink and tailgate before the game gets going. So, or at least that's how I would look at it. If I had tickets to this one, um, more news here, and, and there really isn't a lot this week. The Browns placed quarterback Baker Mayfield on the COVID-reserve list on Sunday after he was in close contact with a staff member who tested positive. Mayfield has yet to test positive himself. Uh, the good news for Cleveland is they were on a bye this past week, so it really didn't impact their game. And hopefully they'll have time to clear everything up and Mayfield can have more negative tests so that they can play this upcoming Sunday. Uh, Last bit of news here before we get to the Colts Ravens recap is that Seattle's Pete Carroll has signed a contract extension to keep him with the Seahawks through 2025. Carroll has been Seattle's head coach since 2010. And, um, you know, Colts head coach Frank Wright, he's in the third year of a five-year contract. He hopes to earn an extension as well in the coming years. Mike, I would say the jury's still out on that one as of right now.
1: Yeah. And and that's, it's management just has to kind of decide, are you going in the right direction with leadership? And then that equation is, and how are you giving the leadership, the personnel to compete? So yeah, the jury's out. I, I think it'd be very hard. It's so easy to say, get rid of this player, get rid of this coach, whatever. And it's a lot harder to replace player and coach. I think it would take something really dramatic to have Jim Ursay make a change. So I don't think that I don't see that. But again, every coach would like security and we'll see if an extension comes maybe next year.
0: Yeah, we'll have to we we'll have to see on that one. I remember after Wright's first year, it looked like the Colts had landed an absolute gym. He got the team to the playoffs when really there wasn't a ton expected out of the team that year. Um, Andrew last Rock, year. Andrew Andrew Rock. Rock. Andrew Luck exactly you could more put that one on Andrew Luck but I thought the way the defense and Iberflus got the defense to come together was really something the Colts hadn't seen in some time um, and I like their aggressive nature it was kind of the uh, you know going forward on fourth downs so he kind of brought more of that than the Pagano regime did um, the last couple of years have really been up and down for right so we'll have to see how he finishes this season and the next but um on to the game of recap here the Colts five and two at the time hosting the five and two Steelers who were coming off a loss. I'm sorry, a five and two Ravens who were coming off a loss to the Steelers. Uh, Colts started the game with the ball and on the first play from Scrimmage, Jonathan Taylor runs for 11 yards off the left side, and you're thinking, yes, this is what the Colts need to do to win the game. And they established that on the very first play. However, the Colts would fail to pick up another first down and have to punt Jonathan Taylor with three touches on that first drive. And the Colts' coaches at the time seemed like they were making a concerted effort to get the rookie the ball and to get his confidence up. At least that seemed like the game plan at the beginning, Mike.
1: Yeah, and I, and I kind of thought that's what it was going to be. It's easy to say, well, Wilkins had 20 for 89 with him. That's not the way they've done things. And, and I just thought they, they really made an effort, again, not only with, with Taylor, but the, the running game. They had 15 carries for 75 yards in the first half. Take that every game. Uh, then things happened. But, yeah, I thought it was important to get Taylor involved early. You get the big run in the screen. So it, it just they just couldn't sustain it.
0: They couldn't sustain it. The Colts, Steve, though, on uh, their first drive on the field of the game, would force a three and out. Uh, and the Colts would then start their next drive on the 35-yard line. Phillip Rivers orchestrated an eight-play, 65-yard drive, capped off by one-yard leaping Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Um, passes of 13 yards to Michael Pittman Jr., 20 yards to Zach Pascal, and 16 yards to number 12 to Michael Harris set up that touchdown. And it's seven to nothing, Colts. Indianapolis has to be. Fi- Feeling pretty good about themselves to start this game. Uh, Baltimore's second drive, Indy gets another quick stop. The Colts have a chance to make this a two score game late in the first quarter, but on the second play of the drive, Taylor fighting for extra yards on a nine yard run has the ball stripped out of his hands by Marcus Peters. It is then returned by Chuck Clark who grabbed the ball at Baltimore's 35, took it all the way 65 yards for a touchdown. You know, Mike, Phillip rivers would have made attack on that play, but he took a hard block from the Colts 35 yard line on that one, sent him to the ground. And all of a sudden it's a seven to seven ball game. Frank Wright described it as kind of a 14-point swing, assuming the Colts were on their way to score on that drive. And this is really – might have been the play of the game.
1: It's just you get – you know it's going to be the kind of game where a player, two could, could swing things. And, again, points be hard to – people want to see offenses just, just go down the field, have an occasional punt, but just go down the field. Baltimore's got a, a nasty defense. Uh, the the, the force fumble on Taylor, they lead the league in, 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 in fumbles and recovering fumbles. That, that's what they do. So it, it was a no-play, but th- those are the plays that you somehow have got to find a way to overcome it. And, and on uh, on Phillip Rivers falling down, That's if they had won the game, we could have asked him about it. That, that's something that you just – it looks bad. I'm not saying he hadn't fallen down. He would have made the tackle. He would have been in position to make the tackle. Let's put it that way.
0: He would have been positioned because about the time Allie Cox was kind of trying to grab Clark from behind. Rivers could at least stuck his body out there. Would he have gotten run over? Maybe Um, that would have been.
1: As it turns out, he got ran over.
0: He got ran over, yeah.
1: Clark leaped him, which which kind of added insult to injury.
0: Yeah, he he did. And then you just saw Rivers just kind of make a star on the field with his body and and, and giving up on that one. Um, The next four series between the two teams would result in punts. Two punts from each team. um, And then with about five and a half minutes in the second quarter, the Colts would go on an 11-play 68 yard drive that ended with a 43 yard Rodrigo Blankenship field goal with 45 seconds left. The Colts Stevens would then force a three and out when Baltimore got it. And eventually the teams would go into halftime with seven to 10 score, Indianapolis on top. Now the Ravens would get the ball to start the second half and they marched right down the field. But on first and goal from the three-yard line to Forrest Buckner with another big play, forces a fumble. Gus Edwards trying to run the ball in. It's recovered by Darius Leonard, who kind of juggles it, eventually it ends up in Bobby Okariki's hands. He returns it to the Colts' 23-yard line. And you're just thinking that's a huge play. Baltimore is about to score a touchdown, and all of a sudden the Colts have the ball going the other way. But on the very first play of the Colts' drive, everything would go downhill. Rivers threw a pass pretty much up for grabs to Marcus Johnson, who was really well covered on the play. Marcus Peters got his mitts on the ball. Uh, Johnson was able to knock it loose as Peters was going to the ground. Now, it was originally called an incomplete pass. Ravens challenged and somehow won this challenge. The official says there was, quote, clear and obvious evidence uh, that the defender had controlled the ball, took three steps, and then fumbled, recovered by Baltimore. Uh, Mike, I'll get to you in a second here, but to me, this was just an outrageous call. Uh, Rivers, after the game, said, quote, Nobody that has played any amount of football or that has been around the game watched that and thought it was a catch, including the guy that dropped it. Uh, Tony Dungy, ex-Colts coach, said uh, on Twitter, he tweeted, I have an idea for an NFL replay of catch, no catch. Get a panel of 10 third graders. Let them look and ask him, did he catch it or not? Give them five seconds to respond. Thumbs up or thumbs down. I think we would have more consistent results. End quote. Mike, your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I guess what bothered me, and and this is not from biased eyes. it's, It's just from football eyes. It, it's so much it is dependent on what do they call in the field, and then and then do you have clear evidence to overturn it? They call it incomplete pass, and if you if you watch the reaction of everybody, it's okay. Let's go on to second down, including Marcus Peters.
0: Yeah, he was psyched about the incomplete pass.
1: He he, he wasn't bitching and moaning that it should have been an interception, and then John Harbaugh for his to his credit, he challenged. Now what he saw, I don't know, but but the fact that they that they review it. And break it down frame by frame. I, I just, I just, it's the eye test. And and if the NFL wonders why they have issues with officiating, you know, there are so many bang bang plays. But but when you review this and break it down, and you say that he had control and he took three steps and made football moves, and you want to say no, if, if this had been reversed and Marcus Johnson. Is making this effort to catch. There's no doubt in my mind this is ruled an incomplete pass. But when they say that there's clear evidence, I just you just it boggles the mind that they can say this. And and the Ravens might have, probably would have gone on and won the game anyway. Who knows? But but when you have plays like this, and there was a play earlier in the second in the second quarter where Jack Doyle gets drilled, you yeah. know, defense receiver and he's out with a concussion. I just don't understand how they can see such obvious plays in mind and they do what they do.
0: Yeah. Colts, uh, Colts, Twitter really let the refs have it in this one. And it, it, I remember a few years ago, it was kind of the opposite problem. They were calling everything incomplete and it had to be, you know that ball couldn't even touch the ground a smidgen for it to be a catch now they've kind of gone too far the other direction where they're calling everything a catch and you you know you can go to the ground and lose it but if you took your three steps or whatever as you fell um that was enough to make it a catch and the inconsistency is really frustrating as well i was watching the um Chargers Raiders game excellent ball game and then you know seconds left in the fourth quarter they throw to Mike Williams in the end zone and it's a similar play where he gets his feet down as he's falling feet down butt down and then then the ball comes out and they called that one incomplete so if that's incomplete but the Marcus Johnson interception was complete I really have no idea what's going on here
1: well uh, and it's it's the eye test and it's funny when you, you read Rivers's quote about Anyone who's ever played or whatever knows it was incomplete, including the guy that dropped it. He didn't say caught it, dropped it. Yeah. After the game, Marcus Peters kind of said, "Yeah, I caught it. It was an interception." But what this, what Rivers' quote tells me, if you look, I think he and Peters were kind of talking on the field. And I'm sure Peters. <laughs> As said, they do. I I I didn't I didn't get it. Well, whatever, but from there from their conversation, it's obvious to me that Peters told him I didn't catch it. And then post-game, you say, yeah, I did did get it. So it's just unfortunate because it it just extends the, not the perception, but the reality that you don't know what a catch is.
0: You don't know what a catch is. And more so for this game in particular, I mean, it was a huge momentum swinging play. The Colts had just had a gut-wrenching play for the Ravens where they take the ball away as they're about to go in to score. And the Colts have a chance to – you know, r- really take control of this ball game, and then all of a sudden, a bad call takes the takes that away. And I understand, Philip, that was a bad pass; that it deserved yeah. to be intercepted. Um, if Peters would have just held on to it, we wouldn't have been talking about the call. We would have been talking about what is Rivers doing, just throwing the ball up. But that's one where you really just have to scratch your head and go, I, I don't know what a catch is anymore. Uh, moving on here we'll keep going with this game we won't stop there although I know some Colts might want Colts fans might want to um, the Ravens now starting with the ball at their 36 yard line they would go on a 10 play 54 yard drive that ended with a Gus Edwards touchdown on third and goal from the one uh, No fumbles this time around now the score is 14 to 10 Ravens with all 14 of their points coming off of Colts turnovers. Uh, How would the Colts respond? A three and out figures. The Ravens net then after the Colts three and out, go on a 14 play 75 yard touchdown drive that took over eight minutes off of the clock. Really a killer. Uh, The Colts get the ball down, 21 to 10 with 11 minutes left in the game. At this point, they take five minutes and 39 seconds off the clock with a 12 play 59 yard drive of their own. But the problem is it didn't result in points on fourth and one from Baltimore 16. The Colts decide to pass the ball. Baltimore was ready for it. Got after rivers with the blitz rivers just had to throw up a desperation pass that fell incomplete why not kick a field goal to make it a one possession game? Why not commit to your quote unquote identity and run the damn ball? Mike, I have a lot of questions about this call as well.
1: Yeah. And Frank just sort of said, well, it was a two score game, but yeah, it was. And if you, and if you kick field goal, it's a one score game. Yeah. Now, I realize it's a touchdown and a, and a two point conversion, but if you cut it to eight, you, you really give yourself a chance. And if you don't make it, it really, really, I mean, I'd like to see what the the old percentage are if you don't get it. And I went back and looked at the play again, and Rivers said, well, if I get the ball off, it's a touchdown. They were trying to throw up, you know, back across to, to Trey Burton. He wasn't wide, wide open, but a good throw, and it might be a touchdown. But having said that, it, and if you go back and look, Judon got pressure. Whether someone on the line was supposed to block him, it was Jonathan Taylor trying to block. Uh, the other team's best pass rushers. So it, it just didn't work, and it looks bad. And I, yeah, the, the it, it's all about extending the game, get it to a one-score game to wear the defense who's has played well a lot of the game, gives him a chance to get you the ball back. Where if you get the ball back, maybe you make something happen. So yeah, I I wasn't crazy about that either.
0: Well, another thing is reading the game. I could understand if it's a two possession game, but your offense is moving the ball up and down the field. And if you don't get it here, you feel like you could score again, you know, trips into the Ravens side of the field where I'm not going to say they were extremely rare, but the Colts weren't just moving it all over the place in the second half, especially. So there's no guarantee that you can get back into scoring position that easily, you know, in this kind of ball game where, like you said, all the points matter, it's going to be a lower scoring game. I feel like you just need to take the three points in that one and play for the next drive. But, um, I mean, I guess that's why Frank writes in the third year of his fifth year contract, and I'm still yet to get my first.
1: Well, one thing now in your scenario to where you don't know if you're going to get back down there, then I would you try to get the touchdown because then if you get the if you get the touch, if, 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 if you get the touchdown and you get the ball back and it's going to be hard to get back down there, well, you just need to get in field goal range. So in that regard, I, I could see doing it, but it, it's got to all be about getting in into a one one possession game. And when you don't get it, it just it just makes it virtually impossible to play out the last five and a half minutes with, within the expectation of winning.
0: Yeah, yeah, those last five and a half minutes. I mean, the Colts defense did their part again. They came up with a big three and out. Uh, the Colts used all three of their timeouts on that drive to only allow 17 seconds to come off of the clock, but it wouldn't matter because the Colts offense wouldn't be able to do anything. After a five-yard pass to Zach Pasch on the first down, Phillip Rivers threw three straight incompletions. Uh, The team failed to pick up a first down. The Ravens, starting in Colts territory, would get a field goal, making it 24-10. After that, the Colts got some garbage time yards, but the game ended, and the Colts lost by... 14 points, which was the exact amount of points they gave up off of turnovers. How many times have we said that this year? Um, Takeaways from the game. I think the big one is the Colts failed to establish themselves as among the conference's best. Mike, you noted on Fox 59 and CBS4Indy.com in the article that you wrote post-game that the Colts' five wins this year come against teams with a combined 13-27-1 record it just seems like, yeah, they're taking care of business against the lower teams, but they're not quite up to snuff so far this year when they're playing the AFC's best.
1: Well, you know, I mentioned that it was a chance to make a statement. Maybe they did. You know, we'll see how this plays out, but maybe they're just a team that's going to be seven and nine and eight and eight. And, and unless you can beat the better teams, that that's all you can aspire to be. So we'll see. They've got... Uh, Frank Wrights all about the one zero, no, one 1-0, no, and, you know, I, I understand that. But two of the next three are against the Tennessee Titans. So you're, you're going to do something one way or the other in the AFC South in the next three games with Green yeah. Bay, you know, sandwiching between it. So it, it's it, – again, the wild card is going to be difficult because, as we've mentioned, Baltimore, if they're in there and Cleveland, if they're in there, you've already lost to them, so the tie break, you lose – uh, the AFC South is, is probably going to be the best avenue. And to do that, the only way you do that to me is is to sweep Tennessee because it's just going to be hard to, to make up the necessary ground if all you're doing is treading water with the Titans already in front of you.
0: Yeah, you, you hate to say it, but the next three games for the Colts very well might decide their season. It, it might come down to that right there as far as if they make the playoffs or not. Uh, takeaway number two. The bad Philip Rivers showed up in this one. Uh, He finished the game 25 of 43 for 227 yards. The one interception, uh, or at least technically it was ruled an interception and no touchdowns. Uh, Mike, we said in the pregame show that 40 attempts from Philip Rivers would spell doom. And it sure did. I get that a lot of those attempts came in catch up mode in the second half but well, that's kind of the point. If you're at the point where you have to keep throwing the ball that many times, you've almost already lost.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, that's sort of, his. we did something early in the year. His record is like 14 and 45 or 46 when he throws 40 balls. That's probably how it is with a lot of quarterbacks, but this, this team not built We and we, we've beaten this to death too. This team is not built for Phillip rivers to be the centerpiece. It just isn't. It, it's to be that, I don't want to say game manager, but a notch above a game manager. And also that the, the, we knew, and we talked about this last week as well, that the Ravens, there are going to be some rough patches. They're going to make you look bad at times, but you can't have the, the, the over-the-top dramatic game-changing turnover. And they had two with Jonathan Taylor and, and Rivers kind of throwing the ball up there. 14 points, It's every game they've lost, it's been – They've lost. Not only lost the turnover battle, but the points off the turnovers ha- have led to the difference. So it, it, it's it's you, you just can't have a 30, 38 year old quarterback throwing a ball forty some times. It, it's it's a recipe to to get beat.
0: It is. And I mean, beyond the Colts, we saw Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady struggle when they tried to lean on their quarterback too much last night. You just can't, you got to be more complete of a team than that. Um, I guess my next question, Mike, is why do the Colts hate Jonathan Taylor? Zero carries. He did have one catch, but zero carries after the fumble finished with six attempts for 27 yards, had the touchdown Uh, another two catches for seven yards Second straight week, he was out snapped by Jordan Wilkins. Um, Wilkins led the team with 11 carries for 39 yards. So he wasn't exactly tearing it up in this game either. This is not why the Colts traded up early in the second round for Jonathan Taylor. I, I just don't understand why they refused to feature this guy.
1: Well, one correction. He did have one carry after the fumble. He had did one he? carry. Did I
0: miss the carry?
1: He had one. Yeah. You, you missed his one yard gain in the fourth quarter. Uh, <laughs> And I'm I'm not gonna try to defend what they're doing because I, I think they need to feature him more as well, but they only ran the ball six times in the second half. You know, again, again when you've got the ball four times, four plays in the third quarter, and then when you finally get the ball back in the fourth quarter, you're down what two two scores or yeah eleven points whatever it was. It's hard after after the the fumble. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve rushes. One by Taylor. Wilkins got the bulk of it. So I, I they, they insist they've got all the confidence in the world in Taylor. His first fumble of the season, and this is the guy that had serious fumble issues at Wisconsin. So, uh, but that's two weeks in a row that he's disappeared in the second half. And we can rationalize, well, this or Wilkins getting hot, but this isn't this isn't what anyone expected, I don't think. When, like you said, they invested what they did in the second round, and we'll see if this changes moving forward. Did this the running game? It's funny. One of the um, more meaningless stats from Sunday is the Colts out rush the Ravens. Yeah, they they too. the best rushing team in the league. Was it 100 and it finished with 121 yards or whatever it was?
0: I think it was 112 and 110.
1: Okay. That's what, okay. So, so again, it, it was almost good enough if you, if you could have done something in the third quarter, but I just don't see how this running game can get fixed. If Jonathan Taylor, isn't part of that, what you're trying to fix.
0: Yeah. And what did they call him when they drafted him a, a unique talent or a rare talent? Right they're not, they're not leaning on their unique talent right now. And I, I, I don't really understand it. Um, the guy they drafted ahead of Taylor had a nice game, Michael Pittman jr. Uh, I mean, the best game as a pro four catches for a team high 56 yards on seven targets. Um, it'd be great to see him get more involved going forward. He looked good. He looked really for the first time, kind of faster out there, Mike. Right.
1: I agree. Um, that, that's what I have been missing in, in, from training camp and watching practices is you didn't see a burst or, or speed and I thought we saw that Sunday so that's encouraging because even if TY gets back this week which is probably 50-50 moving forward they've got to have somebody that is a constant threat to get five six catches 80 90 yards heaven forbid 100 yards because it's so rare but if not TY it's because again, go back. and That's what they said on draft day. We needed to add explore playmakers, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. So far, we've not seen that, but Pittman showed us a glimpse Sunday.
0: Yeah, hopefully we can see more of a glimpse going forward. The defense was still dominant. Uh, You noted they held the Ravens to 25 plays, 55 yards, and four first downs in the first half. Um, They held the league's leading rushing team to 110 yards. They came into the game averaging 178.7 per game. Uh, uh, Darius Leonard was phenomenal. 13 total tackles tapped for a loss, recovered the fumble. uh, And I thought they really did a good job all in all on Lamar Jackson as well. 19 for 23, 170 yards, um, 13 carries for 58 yards. And they did have the one touchdown on the ground. But as long as carry was nine yards, they did what they needed to on defense. Um, Just couldn't get enough going on the offensive side of the ball. And that kind of leads me to my bigger question here for you, Mike. Are the Colts' issues on offense correctable, or is this what we're going to see for the rest of the season?
1: I don't think they're fixable because I think it's personnel. I think it's a personnel issue with, with not having consistent players. If you're a defensive coordinator, who, who do you say we got to stop this guy? I mean, who? I Trey Burton, uh, uh, Michael Pittman, you know, Jonathan Taylor. N- no. So it, it's all now defensively. The Colts have got playmakers. And I, this defense is playing at a championship level. It, it simply is, you know, yes, they got loose in the second half against the Ravens, but that's because they were facing one of the top five quarterbacks in the league who does, who can make you look silly and can make plays. Offensively. I just don't know how you fix what you have to fix with with your personnel. The offensive line still isn't – it'll show flashes with the run game. And, again, I thought first half, 15 for 75, running the ball pretty good. They got the Michael Harris involved, one of those jet sweeps. And that, that's really good. And then you, if you can mix in your running backs. But I just don't know how you – why should we expect the, the light to, to flip on in the running game to where you're going to – get 130, 140 yards a week Uh, with with the way you're going in the passing game. I just don't know that they've got the pieces without TY, without Paris Campbell. You've got so many really, really good complementary players, but there's no, you know, star players in in the skill set. And I wouldn't put Jonathan Taylor there at all yet. So uh, I, I just don't know how it sticks, but with the personnel.
0: Yeah, Taylor certain ha- certainly hasn't earned that yet. And you just keep going back to early in the season. Those losses of Marla Mack and those losses of Paris Campbell just look bigger and bigger by the week. Um, any other takeaways for this game before we move on, Mike?
1: No, it's, again, it's just that this, this was an opportunity to really say we belong. And all this game did was, keep the question is is do you belong and we're going to find out like you mentioned we're going to find out in the next three weeks whether this team is is going to be relevant in december or it's going to be are they going to finish or will we be worrying about where are they in the draft process uh th- th- there's no two ways about it. the next three games in my mind determines who this team is
0: Yeah, and um, unfortunately for the Colts, it does not look like they'll have Jack Doyle for Thursday's game against the Titans. He severed a concussion on what was arguably a dirty hit. Um, You know, T.Y. Hilton may or may not play against Tennessee as well. Um, Other than that, I didn't really see any other injuries from that game. Leonard and Walker both left the field uh, with injuries but were able to return and finish, so they should be good to go. For Thursday we'll have more information on injuries throughout the week and on the Colts in general on Twitter at Colts Blue Zones so be sure to follow us for the latest info and tidbits there um but yeah that the big test is coming on Thursday after the loss to Baltimore because the Titans beat the Bears 24 to 7 they are now 6 and 2 Colts are second in the division at 5 and 3 the Texans picked up just their second win of the season after narrowly defeating the Jake Lutton-led Jaguars. Lutton or Luton, I don't know. doesn't matter. They beat them, um, and the Jaguars bring up the rear of the division with a 7-1 record. They are currently uh, would have the second overall pick if the season ended today. So the Colts might be facing a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields twice a year uh, after the draft goes on. But we got plenty of time to talk about that in the off season. Even though I'm has already, have
1: both of Houston's wins come against Jacksonville? I believe so.
0: I think they have. I think they've only been able to beat Jacksonville so far. And Jacksonville
1: um, beat you know who? Did Jacksonville
0: beat? So, yeah, we we don't have to talk about that. We're we're already down. We don't need to kick ourselves as well. Um, you can watch the Colts play the Tennessee Titans on Thursday Night Football on Fox fifty nine. We'll have a Colts blue Zone preview podcast for you coming out on third I'm sorry Wednesday usually our preview shows are on Thursday. this one will come out Wednesday to get you ready for that game. Uh, Dave Griffiths should be joining us for that one. Mike he was the only one that got this one right. He picked the Ravens and we both picked the Colts. I guess uh, he was a little bit more realistic about it than we were.
1: Yeah again I just I thought they had to do a lot of things right. Uh, to win it and, and again take away the turnovers. Who, who knows, but we move on. We, we move
0: on. on. That's right. What well, is it? Begin again, start again. Is that what Philip Rivers hat says?
1: New, New Chippy or whatever, whatever Chippy. it is. New
0: I, Chippy. I start again, something like that. We'll have to ask him about it, but that'll do it for us today on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Again, I am Joe Hopkins. You can follow me on Twitter at, roto street joe you can follow mike on twitter at mchapel 51 uh follow the podcast on twitter again at colts blue zone and do us a favor can you can you throw us a rating review and a comment on itunes that would really help us out and of course tell your friends to tell their friends about us because uh it keeps me employed so thanks so much have a great monday we will hear from you wednesday as we preview the titans game and take it easy colts fans